The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial Peel Sports columnist. Joined, as always, by Jason Buns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. Uh, coming to you on the heels of Memphis falling at SMU 73-57, uh, snapping their six-game winning streak, um, but apparently, um, you know, staying, you know, for the most part on the right side of the bubble, just barely, despite the loss. Um, so lots to dive into this week. We'll talk about the SMU loss. We'll get you updated on what the bracketology looks like uh, as we now sit four games from the end of the regular season. Um, and we'll talk uh, what's ahead this week, two home games against Temple and Wichita State. But Jason, you were there in Dallas on Sunday. So I ask you, as you um, survey kind of what you saw what you experienced there and with the with the benefit of a couple days of hindsight what happened what happened why why did memphis uh ultimately uh not quite look like the team that uh it looked like it was rounding into being during that six game winning streak uh they got beat um i think i mean i mean, there's a lot of things that that have swirled around in my uh in my noggin over the past couple of days. And that's, I think that's probably the biggest one is that Memphis quite clearly uh, doesn't match up very well against SMU. The only that, I mean, that's the only team that has beaten Memphis in the last month. Um, They've beaten them twice now. Uh, And, and, and so I just think that when that happens and when it happens in the manner that it has happened. I mean, that, that other game, yeah, it was an eight point loss, but you know, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't one of those games where SMU, where it was tight until the last 30 seconds and SMU hit free throws. No, SMU came into FedEx forum and beat Memphis on January 20th. And on February 20th, as we all just saw a couple of days ago, um, you know, that one kind of was a deal where it was neck and neck, uh, up until the last 16 minutes of the game when SMU just went bonkers. Um, and, and, and on the other end of the spectrum, Memphis went bonkers in a different, in, in a, in a, in a bad way. Uh, so, so that to me is like the biggest, is the biggest thing here. I just don't think Memphis matches up very well against SMU. Now I know Penny, uh, Hardaway, uh, said on his radio show on Monday that he it was something to the effect of I really hope we get to play them again because uh, I feel like we'll be you know we'll be ready like we know what to do now we've seen them twice uh, you know in, in, insinuating that that it would be a different outcome uh, if they got to see them in this tournament. Um, well, let's let let's explore the idea real quick. Let, I want to stop stop on something you said. SMU is a bad matchup for Memphis because I think it's an important point because as we look down the road, you know, like 
ultimately, if you, if you had to guess right now, SMU gets another shot at Houston, but there's a decent chance you are going to f- play this SMU team again in the semifinals of the AAC tournament. There's like mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, that, that seems like a, I'm not going to say a likely scenario, but a potential, it's certainly a potential outcome as we look ahead to the next few weeks. And like, I, I, I we say bad matchup and I want to explain why SMU is a bad matchup. Um, what we, cause I think what we saw play out kind of reveals some things about this team that, you know, again, I like they, they figured it out. And at the same time, there's just stuff every team has that they, you know, aren't great at. And I think SMU exposes it more so than some of the other teams on the Memphis schedule. So you start with, yeah, like if we look back at that game, as you survey it, like the immediate reaction from a lot of people was to kind of talk about Penny Hardaway's substitution patterns and specifically that moment five and a half minutes or four and a half minutes into the first, second half when he subs out the starters, they're down two points, and then uh, or subs out a couple starters, they're down two points. And SMU ends up going on a 27 to three run. And that that's the game right there. You know, like that was the game. Um, and yes, I don't think it was a great move to bring in Malcolm Dandridge specifically in that moment. Um, he also brought in Jaden Hardaway, who I'm not going to he didn't play poorly, but he also wasn't part of the solution during that 27 to three run either. Um, and Malcolm, it felt like just had a very uh, difficult game. Um, both halves, uh, for him and it, you know, but like, ultimately like the, the, the amount of time Malcolm was in the game during that run was like a minute and a half. Like, you know, he only played nine minutes in that game. It felt like he played 29. Yeah. But so like, I'm not saying Penny is blameless and like his subs were a good call. Like, you know, even after that, um, you know, you know, but like the reality is like, one, that's just kind of who Penny, that's how he coaches. Like, you have to take some of that when you have him as your coach because, like, he goes on gut with his substitutions. Like, in the first half, when they ended up taking the lead, when they looked their best, you know, that was with Tyler and Alo on the floor together. And that lineup doesn't work that much, you know, like, whenever he plays those two together. But it did in this game, you know, like, he went with it and it worked. Um, so you're going to point out that, like, he went with Malcolm and Jaden, and it was a terrible decision. Like, you also got to point to an unorthodox move he made in the first half that also worked. You know, like, it's some right. of it is just, you know, that's part of coaching. You know, like, you get it right and you get it wrong, and you got to go with what you believe, and you'll get judged on it. And, you know, like, I've been critical of Penny's kind of the way he kind of just, it seems like he goes with his gut when he subs. But at this point, four years in, like it's not like this. It's not like he did something different in this game that he hasn't done in previous games. You know, right. um, yep. like he did this in the Houston game and they won. You know, yep. um, so I just felt like that was like y- you can be critical, but to like, you know that that wasn't to me the main reason they lost. And if you look at it, one of the main things why I think SMU is a bad matchup for Memphis is I think it's a bad matchup for DeAndre Williams specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he thrives on outquicking other big men. Yeah. That's like how he, that's how he gets a lot of his buckets. It's just, he's, he's a four, he can play the four and he gets, but he's really like a three on offense, you know? 
and um, he can take advantage of that. Well, SMU plays a bunch of guys under six seven. You know, they play like he can't play that game against SMU. Right. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, I don't know if he's got the, you know, he, so far at least he has not been able to take advantage of whatever size and height advantage he might have on the SMU defenders. Um, so, and when he doesn't play well, you know, we've seen or doesn't play Memphis is not the same team. And that's what I think part of what you saw on Sunday was. Um, and then I think they don't, I don't know if they have anyone who can defend Kendrick Davis, um, <laughs> to be oh, quite see, like, no, see, I think they do. I, I really do because like, like he, he's gone off on them twice now this year, mm-hmm. but last year and the year before they really played, played him very well. Lester Quinones. Uh, defended him well. Alex Lomax has defended him well. But, like, you know, you look at just the other day, for example, uh, Alex Lomax ended the game with four fouls, you know. But I think that was because of Kendrick. He couldn't just keep up with Kendrick Davis. And I would just point out, the one thing I would point out is, you know, yes, they played played Kendrick Davis in back-to-back games last year. Um, And in one game, they held him to eight points. Um, and in the other game, he had six points. Like they, they stopped him last year. Um, but he didn't even look hundred percent healthy to me. I mean, you're right. I think losing Alo or, or not even losing Alo, but Alo getting two fouls because it had, he had to change the way he defended him and he, um, and they couldn't have him defend him as much. So right. maybe you're right. But I think Kendrick Davis, though, he's the, you know, he is he is the dynamic scoring guard that Memphis doesn't really have, the type of scoring. I mean, Tyler Harris occasionally can get like that. But, I mean, he's a guy you can go to at the end of the shot clock. You're always going to – it's that's a tough it, – it's always tough when a, when a college team in particular has a player like that to, to play a team like that. And yes. then the last thing is, is like – just going back more so to the DeAndre Williams thing, like this is a game where Memphis needs to dominate in the paint because SMU is playing no one under six, seven. And so the two games this year, they have not been able to do that. They've been out rebounded in both games. And like SMU is not some great rebounding team because they don't play very many tall guys. Um, But what it is as what, what I think, especially the game yesterday exposed is like Memphis is not a great defensive rebounding team. Um, and so like even, even SMU can keep up with them on the glass, you know? Yeah. Um, even though they're not that tall, um, and don't play many tall guys. So, um, I, I do think it's a, uh, it's not a great matchup for Memphis at the same time. I can see where Penny's coming from because, um, it's tough to be. Like, I don't see SMU being able to beat Memphis three times. Like, that's a really tough thing to do. Uh, But, and I think, you know, whatever wake-up call they still needed, uh, like, I think this Sunday was a reminder, and a low-risk reminder, by the way, I think, in that, you know, like, one of the overarching things I would say as, as you survey it is, you know, I just keep going back to the point of if, you know, they just finished this three-game road game, road stretch. If you had said beforehand you're going to come out of it two and one with a road win at Houston, uh, I, I, everyone would have taken that going into this three-game stretch. You know, I agree. Um, 
and they're still in a decent spot where, you know, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I can't prove this, but my, here's what my gut says and we'll see how it plays out, Jason. But the, the, some of the talk going into the SMU game is okay. You, you don't fall, you know, you, Lenardi's going to keep you in your, their la, his last four in, even if you lose to SMU. But if you beat SMU, maybe you move up a category into the first uh, last four last four buys category. You're out of the play. Right. Yep. I think if they win the next three, they'll go into that Houston game being listed in that category. That's my prediction. I if think they win the are, next three games. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, and then they're going to go on the Houston game, and I think you know you're going to you're going to say. Okay, if we win, we're in. If we lose, uh, we'd be, you know, we're, it's going to be a little nervous going into the conference tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. Um, because, I mean, yeah, so, you know, Temple is not, Temple's like sub 100 in the, uh, in the net. Uh, USF is not good. Uh, they're, they're, they're way down further than that. Um, Wichita, even though their record is pretty bad by their standards, uh, they're still like 78 in the net. So it's not a quad one game, but you know, it's still, it's not, it's not a bad game. Um, but that's still, if you can win those three games, that's still three wins. That still gets you to having won nine out of your last 10. And, uh, at that point, if you win those games, you're 18 and nine, and uh, uh, in a pretty good spot in the league standings. And um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think I just think that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think I think if you can go in, if you can win these next three games and if you beat Houston, you are you're firmly in. I, I, it doesn't matter what happens after that. Yeah, no. Well, the point the, the American has like seven really feisty teams this year and all three games you have here or no two of the three the next two the home games temple and wichita state are against two of the feisty teams within the league that's how yeah. i would describe temple and and wichita neither is going to make the ncaa tournament unless they win the conference tournament right. um but ne- both of them have have uh temple in particular who memphis plays on thursday temple's been a you know, quietly been a decent team within the league, um, and they're playing really well right now. Um, they probably have two of their best wins of the year are probably their last two games. They won, they beat SMU in Temple, um, although Kendrick Davis did not play in that game, and then they won at Cincinnati uh, this past Sunday, um, and they sit at uh, 15-9, got a similar record, and they are uh, eight and five. Eight and five in the league. Like they're not that. Like they're one twenty one in Ken Palm, but and they haven't. Like their non conference is just not that impressive. Yeah. Um, you know they beat Vanderbilt in overtime uh, on the road, but then you know lost pretty much every other. Uh, and they you know they 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 lost to Clemson and USC and. Boise State uh, in their neutral event, and it, you know they they had, they don't have that many impressive results, but it looks like um, they really uh, have played well the last two games. So um, these next two, be, 
these next two teams, you might call them tough outs in the conference. Well, they're, and they're not a good offensive team. They're a good defensive team. Uh, yeah. So. Well, to, I mean, like, in fairness to them, they've been playing without Khalif Battle all, almost all year. He's he's He played seven games before uh, going down with a season-ending foot injury. Um, and, and, I mean, like, that's – you know, Aaron McKee's done a really good job. I mean, they they missed uh, their second leading scorer missed two games recently, uh, including the game they beat SMU, and uh, uh, they I think two other starters have been out for long stretches of the season. So they 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 yeah they're 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 a feisty bunch. Yeah. So uh, no, and I think for 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 Memphis, it's just you know hopefully. You know, there was some talk afterwards. Chandler Lawson, I believe, said, you know, they like came into the SMU game thinking they were going to win. Like, hopefully, that that mindset is they realize, like, you know, like at this point, like you can't. <laughs> I, I I always think that's a little overblown, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. Half the battle in these games at the end of a college basketball season is like how des the more desperate team usually wins. You know, yeah. and. Um, hopefully we'll see that sort of, uh, desperation from Memphis from here on out because there's, you know, they, they were, you know, that was a game they could lose against SMU, but it feels like they, uh, it, it feels like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They can probably, I, the, the big question to me is, do they have to beat Houston to get, you know, to, to feel good about, you know, going, going into the tournament and not, you know, do they need one more big win, whether it's Houston to close the year or it's, you know, winning the, a semifinal game against Houston or SMU, you know, to yeah, get I, to the game. Like, do they need that one more big win? Uh, obviously you'd, you'd like it, you know, it'd make you feel better, but when it comes down to it, you know, I don't think, I don't know if they can, you know, I, I question, I, I don't know. I'm like very, I think it's right on the edge. If you don't, yeah. uh, get another big win this season yeah i think that's kind of an unanswerable question at this point you can't definitively say yes they need it or no they don't um you know i i just i I think that it's 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 there's so many factors in that it depends on it depends on what other bubble teams do it depends what happens in these smaller leagues you know like murray state who memphis lost to earlier this year like if murray state were to get upset in their conference tournament well, you know, I, I think Murray State might would get in as an at-large team, you know, right. um, something stuff like that happens. Or if in one of these power leagues or bigger leagues or multiple bid leagues that there's, a, you know, the bid thieves, um, it's uh, so it's uh, there's there's factors at play that make it hard to predict. I tend to think you're going to be really nervous if like this, the way this plays out is Memphis wins these lat these next three loses to Houston, wins its AAC quarterfinal game, and then loses in the AAC semifinals, I think you're probably going to go into Selection Sunday really, really nervous. Like, you might get in, but there, it feels like you, there are scenarios where you don't get in. I think that's a fair, a fair assessment. And so the, you know, the way to avoid that, <laughs> if you're Memphis, is to go 4-0 in these next four games. Yeah, yeah. No, because Houston's going to be the best one. I, I'm not saying Houston's a bad team anymore, you know, and that Houston can't beat Memphis. But getting them at home and getting them in the state they are right now where, 
you know, ultimately like some of the injuries are starting to show up um, for them. Um, uh, you know, I think that's your best chance at getting a big win um, as opposed to kind of whatever that, I, you know, I, whatever that atmosphere in Fort Worth's going to be like, I'm not sure. And it would be good time. I mean, good for Memphis timing wise. If, uh, if it plays out that way, if they, you know, win the next four games, that means they've won 10 out of their last 11. And the last one would be, or, you know, two of the last two of the last six would be wins over Houston. So, um, but you know, that is, that is a topic. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta beat temple in which I don't think temple in Wichita. I'm glad, I'm glad both games are at home. I'll say that, um, you know, like that, I don't think those teams are gonna, I think both those games are gonna, you're gonna have to play well to win too. They're both dangerous. I mean, yeah. you know, Temple Temple has beaten some good teams. They played some good basketball, and Wichita just took Houston to double overtime. Um, yeah. I mean, you know that they've got Tyson Etienne and Morris Udeze and uh, uh, Dexter Dent. I mean, you know, like they're they're a good they, like they have they got, got a bunch of guys. I, I'll say this: just like just like Memphis, SMU has been a bad matchup for Memphis this year and and you know certain other years. You know, I think Memphis is only is like three and nine in their last twelve against SMU, um, but Memphis is a good like which Memphis is a bad matchup for Wichita State has been since yeah. Penny's been here. These these players that are on Wichita State right now, like they're basically like a less athletic version of Memphis in some ways with their personnel, and it just, you know Memphis, but Memphis's athleticism has had uh, a lot of success at playing against Wichita over the years. So like, I honestly, like Temple's the one as a wild card. I don't know. You know, I just, you know, you only play them once uh, right. this year. Um, and you know, they haven't played that, you know, I, I don't know. You don't know. And I, I think you're, and you're getting them. It feels like Temple when they're playing really well um, for them. And so um, that will be uh an interesting uh I think that's the more interesting of the two matchups. I, I like I like what Memphis Memphis always has a good plan against Wichita State and their athleticism always uh, kind of overwhelms Wichita State, especially defensively. Um yeah. and you know you, we saw fully loaded Memphis kick their butt in Wichita earlier this year. Um right. so I just think it's a good matchup. Not to say which again, not to say which I can't win. But it's a good ma- that's a good matchup for Memphis. I don't know what the matchup is with with Temple. It feels like uh, feels like one that's there's going to be a feeling out process at the beginning of the game. Um, Penny uh, mentioned on the radio show, Jason, that they were kind of nicked up. You know, Jalen Duran's dealing with like a little shoulder thing. Landers Nolly, we saw slipped and may have hurt his knee a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe Lomax. I think Lomax might be hurt a little bit. Um, what, what what do we make? Are we are are we going to get a fully stocked team? Obviously, Earl Timberlake and Amani Bates missed this game uh, the other day in Dallas. Like, what do you think? Do you think these injuries are going to be an issue? I don't know, man. It's it's really uh, uh, tough to tell. Um, I mean, you know, he also mentioned DeAndre Williams uh, back is still. Mm-hmm not a hundred percent. Um, and, and Jaden Hardaway, he mentioned Jaden Hardaway's, uh, uh, knee is still bothering him. So, you know, it, 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 it is a little concerning. 
I would say I would, you know, if I was, if I was a Memphis fan, I would be a little bit, uh, concerned because he, he brought it up. Um, and and he's talking about, I mean, you look at the numbers, Jalen Duran after playing, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31 minutes for a, for a pretty long stretch of games. Uh, he then goes out with the finger injury, comes back. He's playing, you know, 26, 27 minutes. The last two games, he played 19 minutes against Cincinnati and 22 against SMU. And then we're talking about a shoulder thing that that has now sort of uh, uh, shown up. So you think this shoulder injury is because is why he's playing less, or what's the correlation? Well, that that would be a, a theory. Um, I mean, you know, I, nobody's told me that, and and Penny didn't say that on the radio. But you know, you kind of you look for things and you put two and two together. Now, at the same time, you know, somebody asked me uh, on Twitter about about Duran and why he only played twenty two minutes against SMU. Well, part of that. So he comes out of the game with 9.05 left in the game, and Memphis is down 16. A couple minutes later, they're down 22. Why would you put, like, nothing Nothing Jalen Duran could have done after that would have would have made much of a difference, if any at all. Um, yeah, he still should have played. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, the you know, if he was healthy, that Duran should have played more in that game. Um, that was the one... But- to me, the one thing you could really get on, like he, he you know, and I, I actually don't blame him for like bringing him out five and a half minutes into the second half. Like typically those are the types of spurts Duran is at his best at, you know, if you go longer, you, if you watch him carefully, he gets winded. Um, it was more the decision to bring Malcolm in after Malcolm had not looked good in the first half rather than yeah. say bring in Chandler Lawson or put Minot at the four um and played deandre at the five you know go a little smaller you were playing against smu like, it was more the the choice um in that specific moment um same with off the bench you bring in Jaden, you know in that moment right after uh right after in the at the end of the second half playing alex and tyler together had worked um so um i don't know those are the kind of things that you harp on if you're going to harp on Penny on that SMU game. Um, and I think Duran's minutes are part of that, too. You know, like, you know, I don't know. There's just unless he's hurt, you know, unless the unless we find out later, the shoulder injury is what is what caused him. Like you still I don't know. He played like 12 minutes in the first half. I don't know. You got yeah. I think you got to get that up to 15 minutes each half if he's not in foul trouble, you know. But again, if that game is if that game is even remotely close with seven minutes left, don't you think Duran comes in and plays five or six more minutes at least? And at that point, he's playing 28, 29 minutes. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I just I just think that the way like they were getting blown out of the the the, the brakes were getting beat off of them. And and at that point, it's like, why would you you know, like if he's if he's less than 100 percent, then you're down by 22 on the road. And it's just like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could put him back in there and, and he could get, you know, a token 28, 29 minutes, but then like, yeah, it's like, no, I mean, maybe, look but, again, I don't think we should harp necessarily on Penny's substitutions and how he's doling out the minutes. Cause he's, I, I think he's made it clear with his actions. This is just how he's going to do it. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't want to harp on Josh Minot's minutes. 
Sounds like his brother does. His brother, uh, yeah, tweeting <laughs> that he's upset. It's like a, it's like an insult to Josh Minot. Um, here, well, here's I the mean, reality: he didn't play. He hasn't played that great in a lot of the games lately. Um, and I think, you know, I think Penny could play him more. I think the way he's doing it, though, where like the the, the problem with the other day was he didn't follow what he'd been doing. Like what he'd been doing is he play all plays all these guys in the first half, and then like usually plays Tyler in the second half. We're talking about the bench here. And then like one or two of the other guys who played well or better in the first half. And right. if we're being totally honest, like Minot didn't do that much in the first half of this game. Um, you know, now you can make the argument because of his, he's a freshman with his energy, you know, you need to just give him more time and he'll, he'll create once he's out. You know, if you, if you limit his time too much, you're asking for him not to make an impact. Um, and I'm so about, I, I'm just talking about big picture. Like, like since, ever, since the team got healthy again, quote unquote, fully uh, healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, like he was playing 32, 30, 25, 29, 25 minutes, uh, you know, and he was playing yeah. well. Um, well my, my whole thing is, is this is, and this is what I've thought in my head. I, if I was running it, like, I hate to do this, but like, if I was running the rotation, unless there was a team with like huge big dudes that you go up against, and like there's no one in the AAC who really has that, except maybe Houston. Um, I don't think I'd play Malcolm Dandridge. I to yeah. create more minutes for Josh Minot. Yes. I think if you watch Josh Minot, he he plays better when he's a small ball four. Yes. That's part of the problem with this team, is like they got a lot of wings and a lot of small ball fours. You know, and you can't play all of them at the same time, Uh, even though that's where most of their best players are. Most of their best players are wings and small ball fours. Uh, And uh, like Minot is best when he's a small ball four. And like what I would do instead of playing Malcolm, I'd be using Minot as my primary big man sub. So like if you need to take Duran out, you move Williams to the five and you play Minot at the four. Right. Or if Williams gets in foul trouble, you play Minot at the four and Duran at the five. Um, those would be my primary subs. And then, frankly, my fourth big, if I needed him, would be Chandler, not Malcolm. Because Chandler is more likely to give you a steady performance. Um, right. Even though his offensive skill set probably not as good in terms of just like what Memphis needs around the basket from a role player, but like he gives you a lot of other things defensively and passing and just kind of being out floor IQ. Um, That's how I would create more minutes for Minot though. He'd be my primary big off the bench rather than playing him as like a three and also playing Malcolm. Like I would, you know, that's how I would handle it. Um, So, and Malcolm, you know, if you needed someone to guard Josh Carlton in a spot, when you play Houston at home, then go to Malcolm, you know, mm-hmm. if you need to. De- mm-hmm. It's matchup dependent. Um, and I think you'd solve some of, a lot of the issues. But that's not what, you know, again, I, that's why I say I hate to do it. We're going on it, the fourth season. This is how Penny's going to coach the team. He's going to play yeah. all these dudes. Um, yeah. That's how he does it. Um, so um, it'll be uh, interesting to see if his way wins out here down the stretch. Um right. This is a big, this is a big moment for the program and for him. I mean, you don't want to fall short again of the NCAA tournament. Like you just, you don't want to do it again. 
No, no, it's it's critical. Uh, this this stretch here is critical. Uh, you got Temple on Thursday. You've got Wichita at home on Sunday. Then you go to South Florida next Thursday, and then back home against uh, Houston on Sunday. And yeah, it's it's not a murderer's row by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, you have to win games. You got to win them, and uh, got to like, go at least three and one. And not suffer. I mean, you, I just don't really think you can afford to lose one of these next three. No. You lose one of these next three, I think you're going into the conference tournament needing to needing to win. You know, Have, feeling like you need to win it. Yeah, yeah. If you um, lose any one of these next three games, you got to win the tournament. Yeah. So um, that's how that's right. They're right on the razor's edge here. So uh, we'll be chronicling it all over at commercialpeel.com. Uh, again, Thursday night, the Tigers are back in action against Temple. Um, make sure you're checking out all our work, um, as well as uh, subscribing to the Commercial Appeal. There's a new special, go President's Day special going on right now. You can get a get a get a Commercial Appeal digital subscription for uh, pretty cheap. So uh, go check that out at CommercialAppeal.com as well. Uh, Till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, hopefully, we'll next time we talk to you, uh, we'll be talking about a Memphis team that took care of business when it needed to. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.